All right, guys, let's uh, let's get rolling here. Oh boy. You got the book. You got the book. Hey, I just I'm just I've heard that if you just stand up here and be quiet, they'll all be quiet. And sit down. It works most of the time. Not yet. Most of the time it works, but not yet. It had more than this. Not this morning. Uh, Julie, how's how's James? Recovering okay. And uh, he had surgery, day surgery the other day. Uh, and I was going to ask, but I see, you know, good to see you. Everything going okay? Um, MRI on the 27th. Okay. Shoulder. Her shoulder. That's the same shoulder, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I got uh, Sarah Taylor told me about uh, a little girl, a daughter of somebody that she works with. Her daughter's name is Rain. Uh She's three years old. She fell off a park bench and, and they couldn't wake her up. And then they woke her up, got her awake, and sent her home. I, you know, I told her I told her we'd pray for her this morning. Uh, I don't know. It just you know, Sarah was pretty shook up. But uh, you know, anyway, uh, just remember this little girl and her mother and, and that situation. I don't know anything. That's all I know. It's just the little girl got sent home. They're not sure. Uh, you know, they couldn't wake her up. That was the last that Sarah heard. Then, then she heard they they, they sent her home. So, uh, evidently she's okay, but I don't know. So, we're gonna pray for her though. Anyway, so uh, I don't know anything else. Everything you got your tomatoes. Thank you. Good deal. Uh, something else I've got to take. Oh, I know. What it was. Happy Father's Day, guys. <laughs> I forgot. I almost forgot. It's not. It's not a day that we really, you know, that we really jump on. Not like Mother's Day. You know, we make a big deal about Mother's Day, but Father's Day just, you know, that kind of comes and goes. Yeah, you know, no big deal. You know, fathers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have to. We have to honor the fathers. Yeah. But anyway, guys, it's a uh, happy Father's Day, guys. Don't forget, guys, next week for Sunday lunch. Don't forget about that. And there's a sign-up sheet on the Information Center. Uh, we just put it out there. Uh, we haven't announced it or anything, but it's for the burger movie night. We've got to know how much food to cook, so we need to know how many people are coming. Uh, you don't have to come for the movie afterwards. It's on a Wednesday. It's on the 12th of July, so it's, we've got plenty of time. But just remember, uh, put your name down if you're going to come. Uh, and, you know, the movie is usually for the kids. It's really for the kids' stuff, but, uh, but, the, but the meal's not. You know, we're going to do, uh, you know, a normal hamburger night like we did before. So uh, so just uh, plan on coming. If you are, put your name down and, and put how many people are coming so we know what to fix, okay? You want to know what's going to be? Cars. Cars. Mm -hmm. The original, the first one. The original, first one, yeah. Car. At least that's what I think it is. Which Tony made her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I think it is. That's what it's on the deal. So, anyway. And if you want to know what we're what's going on during the summer, there's a... Uh, there's a schedule of everything we're doing. It's full. It's full load. There's a full load for this summer. Got a lot going on, so you can go pick one of those up and look. So. Let's night, pray. Huh? Game night is Wednesday. Game night is Wednesday as well. After class, there's a you know bring some money for pizza. Uh, they're gonna do games. Uh, so if you want to come and be part of that for a little while. This Wednesday. This Wednesday night. This Wednesday night after after class. 
Oh. All right? All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We pray your blessings upon us here as we worship this morning and as we study. We pray, Father, that you'd help us to learn and to grow and have the courage, Father, to apply the things that we learn to our lives. Father, we pray that those of us who lead will, will do it in, in, the, in the right way and will do it in truthfulness. And, Father, we pray uh, that we will constantly be on our guard to, to watch for, for, uh, for the untruth that's out there. Father, bless us, uh, bless our families, bless those things that are going on in our families' lives. We pray especially for little Rain, who's, who's struggling right now, and be with her family. Uh, Sarah's also told me about someone else that just walked in off the street to talk to her, and, and I just pray, Father, that you bless that situation as well. Father, help us to be uh, the people that your son died to make us. Help us to be mindful every day of what our job here and what our focus should be. Uh, Father, help us to stay away from the things that Satan entices us with and just look to you for our, for our strength and our support and the things that we, that we find necessary in this life. Father, thank you for the opportunities that will come our way. And Father, we help us to be prepared so that you can use us uh, in, your, in, your, uh, in your work as you work with people in their lives. Father, thank you for, for us being found worthy to be uh, useful to you. Thank you, Father. Uh, bless us, encourage us, lift us up. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're gonna we're in First Timothy chapter six. You want to turn over there? If you're watching us online, we're extremely grateful that you're uh, that you chose to watch us this morning. We're gonna be talking about false teachers, and we're gonna talk about uh, some other things that connect with that this morning. That text, uh, the uh, Paul has has sent a. Uh, a letter to this young preacher, uh, like I've told you before, this is a letter to Timothy. It's not written to us, but we can learn some things because there's some general instructions that he gives to Timothy to be to, to teach the church at Ephesus, and I think that we can learn from them too. In fact, the last verse, the last part of verse two said, "These are things that ought to teach and to insist on," and I think there's many of them. Maybe not the cultural stuff, but there's many of them that we need to learn to as well today. I think some of the things he's going to talk about here now in the coming verses, things that we really need to listen to, and we need to really pay attention to, uh, especially with all the negativity and all the things that are going on out in the world today, uh, and all the, the false stuff that's going on in the world today. So, uh, when you uh, when you look at, at a when you look at the, the, the mindset of the world today, okay, and you look at the things that the world finds acceptable and, uh, and appropriate, to us, most of us, it looks like it flies in the face of, of biblical teaching and standard. Would you say that's true? When, when you, when, and I want to read, we're going to read these a few verses here. And then we're going to talk about them because he's talking about he's talking about the teachers that we listen to, talking about the false teachers that were going to come up. Paul was very specific to Timothy and letting him know that among those people, there. In fact, he even called. We looked at this. He called the elders from this church, called them to Miletus to him, and said, "Among your own number, ravenous wolves are going to spring up and are going to take the church and and take it and tear it apart. So be aware, be mindful, and." And I think that we need to be mindful of that, especially with, with all the stuff that's going on out there. And there are people probably in this room 
uh, if not in church this morning, surely there are people that are watching us online that are being swayed by things that are just not true. Okay? Things that are not biblical. And listen to what he said. We're going to start in verse 3. I'm going to read through verse 5. If anyone teaches other, uh, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicion, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. I want to, the first thing I want to talk about is the first thing he talked about in verse 3. The, uh, the idea of sound instruction and godly teaching. How are you going to make sure? How will, can you make sure that the people that you listen to, people that, you're, that are talking to you, people that you deem as teachers or preachers or you know, uh, mentors or whatever, are giving you sound instruction first? That they're giving you sound instruction. How do you know? But let's take it away. First off, let's take it away from the book. Let's take it away from the book first. Just giving you sound instruction. Okay? Yes, ma'am. The definition that the English Standard Version gives for the word sound is healthy. Mm -hmm. Okay, healthy instruction. Healthy instruction. Healthy instruction. How will you know for sure if, you know, what you're getting is sound instruction or healthy or good instruction? And we'll get into the, in what you're talking about, Nancy, in just a second, uh, because that is pertinent to what this whole text is about. But, but I want to break it down first. Sound instruction. Uh, how many of you have, have listened in the past in your life to someone giving you advice? Whether it was on the job, whether it was on family, whether it was in school, whatever. How many of you found that some of that advice was tainted at best? That wasn't really something you should have listened to. And you didn't find that out until after the fact or until you tried to apply it to your life. How many of you have uh, have uh, taken marriage advice from people that uh, that want to give marriage advice that you look at later on and say, you don't have any, any business giving marriage advice to anybody? Have you, have you ever? I've seen a lot of young people. You know, that's, that have taken advice from people and taken instruction and, and deemed it sound instruction when it was uh, so, so far removed from, from good, healthy instruction, uh, but you wouldn't know. How, how can you make sure that you, that you apply a principle like this to your life where you can listen and say, okay, I'm going to listen to sound instruction and know when that is. Know when you hear it. How are you going to know? Especially if you're younger. Are these people producing fruit? Are these fruit people that they're talking to, are they producing the kind of fruit that I'm looking for in my life? Okay. Is their life lining up with what they're saying? Do they have a happy marriage? Do they have a, if it's in a marriage, do they have a happy marriage? Well, many times you won't know. How will you know if, they're, if their marriage is good, not good? How will you know? It will eventually show itself. Eventually. So you have to show itself. Listening to sound instruction or sound advice or healthy advice is something you don't take all of a sudden. What you have to do is listen to it over a period of time and say, okay, let me line it up with what's going on and what I see going on in people's lives. Are they producing fruit? Is it a healthy, healthy situation? You know, and, and, you know, 
or you come to someone that is that is older and mentor I mean and you let them give you advice when you know that they've come they've been through the fire they've been refined by the fire already listen to make sure the people you know don't get advice if you're 19 from another 19 year old yeah. <laughs> does that sound logical to you <laughs> don't get children advice from someone who has no kids you know if you got no kids I don't want to listen to you because you're not gonna have any clue how I'm supposed to raise my kids I don't want you giving me advice from a book okay don't give me advice from a book I want to know that you did it and this worked I had I had a guy came to my shop one day and we were just down talking and, and I told him I said there was some certain parameters that I had you know that we had set up for our kids that we're, we weren't going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this and uh, and i told him i said i'm not gonna buy you a car ever never buy you a car and i said if you have a car you have a job if you lose your job i'll take your car yeah. simple yeah. i had to do that with kellen one time he said it's not your car i said yes it is he said, i bought that car i said no you don't understand it's my house it's my car i said get a job and you'll give you the keys back and i said I'll give you the keys to go find a job you know what he did next day he had a job yep he lost job found a job next day and I said I'm not gonna pay for your school I won't pay for your school it's not my education it's yours. I said I'll help you anywhere I can but I'm not gonna pay for your education and the guy looked at me and he said God I wish I'd have met you ten years ago <laughs> he said, you know, now you know we you know when Paul was playing football and stuff and you know we paid for you know I said I ain't gonna pay for the insurance we paid we there was certain things that we we budged on but there was some you know we we held firm to that and it and you know and these guys these guys held jobs for you know 13 14 years at a time they never they didn't jump from job to job you know they 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 own their own cars they worked on their own cars helped them but you know and that kind of stuff you know it was just some things that was for our family I didn't I didn't want to bind it on somebody else's family that was our family but he said man he said I wish I'd have known to do that when I was raising my kids it would have saved us a lot of grief uh-huh. in our, our boys in their wilder years mm-hmm. we told them you ever end up in the county jail? Don't call us. That was another we're, one. We're not going to have it. it was, well, some of, I didn't tell Paul that because that was probably not going to happen. <laughs> Kevin, I had to tell that to you. Yeah. <laughs> He's not in jail. Don't call me. I'm not. I'm not coming. I'm not, not coming. I'm not coming. Not coming to get you out of jail. You're on your own. Yeah. Didn't have to sell that to Paul. That was probably not going to happen. I would have been shocked if he had called me from jail and said, "Hey, Dad, guess what?" <laughs> and I said. You remember what I told Kevin? Guess what? You do. Know? Yeah, but the point is, the point is, is there, you listen to people that you know you can trust because they've been there. All right. Now let's get to the. Uh, he said. Uh, he says. First off, he says. Uh, he says. Uh, 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 sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and the godly teaching. All right. And it works the same. If you're going to listen to sound instruction in our in the world. You better listen to sound instruction when it comes to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All right, this is where Nancy was going with this. Okay, who, who, how should you go about getting sound instruction when it when it comes to godly stuff and godly teaching from the book? Okay, from the book, know the book. How else? I mean, what what? I think some of the same things should. Uh, you know, you, you know, if someone is a, is a baby Christian, you probably don't need to be taking spiritual advice from them because they haven't been around long enough to make their spirituality 
make it evident and ele let it elevate itself. Linda said, you may not always want to go to ask from some, somebody to tell you what you don't want to hear. You know, and it's, are you want to what you want to you know, I think I think if if you are, if you're looking for sound instruction and that's the mindset, you know, that's where your heart is. I want people to tell me what I don't want to hear. Uh, I had that happen to me this morning. You know, not something I wanted to hear. Probably something I needed to hear. Not something I wanted to hear. And I care deeply about the person that did that. You know, because that that showed me how much courage they had to come to me and say, "Hey, you need to hear this." You know, no, I don't want to hear that. They want to hear it. But as I thought about it, I chewed it over, chewed it over, chewed it over, and said, you know what? Probably something I needed to hear. You know, I need to be reminded of that stuff from time to time. So that was godly stuff. That was stuff that, you know, but what about when it comes to a preacher or a teacher? Remember, Timothy is dealing with a place where there are going to be false teachers, false prophets, people that are going to be teaching things that are not true. And and it that, you know, it says here that they are going to uh uh these these have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels, and they want to quibble over stuff that doesn't matter. Give me an example of something that you that you know that that might we're going to quibble over something that really doesn't matter. Oh, like at church when they say what the order of the service is, there's always a lot of quibble about that. Just I don't think that that matters that much myself. As long as it's done, as it's all done, who cares what order it is? <laughs> You know, there's, there's, I, you know, and and you can you can have people argue about whether there's two songs in a prayer and another song in the Lord's Supper and that, and, you know, and people have done that, you know, and you know, and that's that can be controversial. That can be that can be, it can rob people of the truth. Okay, and that's what the key is here. These things rob people of the truth. They're robbed of the truth, and they rob their listeners as well. Think about what what uh, Robert and Catherine need to hear. When you're talking about certain things in a class like this, you have to ask their brand new baby Christians. What do they need to hear? You know, is it going to be beneficial for them? What what we're talking about, or is it going to be detrimental in the fact that it's going to be confusing, and and you know they're going to walk out and say, I don't know what the heck that was about. What what are we missing here? You know, you don't want them leaving a service like that. You want them uplifted and pumped up. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, again, what Linda's saying is we we get caught up in tradition. You know, what's traditional? You know, do we do this? Do we not do that? Do we do this? You know, and there's some things that you know that we're that we're not going to compromise on. We're not going to deal with them in here, but but we can get caught up in that kind of stuff. And you have people that are teaching that kind of stuff. You know, I'm I'm more concerned about what's being taught outside that's an influence on us inside. What is that they're going on out there? You know, when you look at this and it says they think they're doing this for financial gain, you know, to to be a to be in in a position where where you have the opportunity and ability to lead people spiritually, if it's for financial gain, you done miss the point. You done miss the point. It can't be for that. You know, and and uh, and we have we have we have interviewed people. Okay, we interviewed people that that. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was obvious that was what it was for. It was not a calling; it was a job. 
and it was and it was uh you know it, it was it was uh discouraging i'll put it that way it was discouraging to, to walk into that situation and have that happen and know that that was uh, that that was what their what the focus was you know and i'm not saying they were false teachers or anything but just to know that that it was more about how much they were going to make than what the what the call was was there a call you know when we interviewed cole it was nothing like that cole could not have been cared less about the money he didn't care he wanted to know that, that he was going to be put in a place where he wasn't going to be the man and he was going to be he was going to be a guy that was going to be here to to be to work with everybody else that's all he was looking for he said i want a place that's going to grow and then i'm going to be able to grow with it so you know it's very it was very refreshing uh to hear him talk so anyway when you look at this and you look at the that uh you know when you look at the that, at these things here and and look at how detrimental it was to the church at ephesus how detrimental it's been to churches that we that we've seen before where you have teachers that influence it and i'm seeing it in people's lives today you know i mean when you when you come to christ and you're hungry and you want to listen and you think everybody that you hear that has the name God in their message is truthful. Okay, I mean we. I'm not going to call them by name, but there's guys on radio and on TV right now that they they sound good. They write books and they they got all this stuff. And and when you listen to them and really listen to them and what they're saying, it can you it couldn't be further from from God God's word if you tried. It's that it's that, and it's easy for me to see it. And what's sad for me is it's not easy sometimes for you to see it. And I want to know, how do you make sure that that doesn't happen to you? I think somebody said, i got to stay in the book. i got to stay in the book. I've challenged you before. I'll challenge you again. I'll keep challenging you. That you need to be reading God's Word every day. I'm not saying studying, but you need to read God's Word at least a portion of the day every day. Every day. And you need to be praying that God will help you to find what it is you need to find in the text so that you can combat whatever's going on in your life. I told uh, Sarah, and I, I don't know if she's watching, she maybe over there watching right now. Uh, you know, I told her this morning that, you know, she had somebody just walked in off the street. She works at PetSmart. Somebody walked in off the street and was uh, and wanted to talk to her. She didn't know her. Who knows she was? She was suicidal. Uh, she was, you know, very despondent. And so Sarah took her in the back room and talked to her, and and, uh, and I told her I said, God can can when we get prepared for God to use us, God will use us. And I said, look at yourself in the mirror and pat yourself on the back, because God found you able to do this with this individual, because you've been prepared to do this. And I think that we need to be people who are looking to be prepared. Am I prepared to do what God is going to need me to do? Am I doing that? And if you're not willing to speak, to get in the book and just to read, just to just to read, and then say, God, I don't know what it is I need to do, but I need you to point it out to me and use me. Wherever that is, wherever it is, use me. And, and, and pray it and mean it. And then sit back and let God really work on you and really work on the situation. You really, are you... Are you confident enough to do that? Because it may be he's going to tell you what you don't want to hear. He's going to maybe tell you what you already know that you need to hear. But maybe it's not going to come from some guy on a, on a radio or TV. It's going to be straight out of his word. And, you, and then you're going to find out that he's going to tell you some stuff 
that doesn't line up with what somebody's saying. You think that's possible? I think it's highly likely. All right, now let's move on. Anybody got any questions? Anybody want to deal with that tomorrow? Let's move on to verse 6. But godly, now he's going to he's going to give four things in this text that talk about getting financial gain for you know, what they're doing. All right, and listen, listen, this is talking about the love of money. This works for all of us. He's really got it in the context of, of preachers and false preachers, but this is really for all of us, okay? We're not going to get through all four of them today. But let's look at the first one. Look at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. All right? What, is, what does it mean to be content? What is that word? What, is it, what does the word mean? To have contentment. What is that? Yeah, Aaron? Uh, fulfillment. Maybe. Fulfillment? Okay. Anybody else? What do you think it means? Huh? To be peace? Satisfied. Satisfied? Have you know, fulfillment, peace, satisfaction, being satisfied with where you are. How many of you have found yourself in a place in your life where you have not been satisfied with where you are? Right? Like right now. <laughs> Let's say when it comes to your financial situation or your material situation, how many of you found yourself not satisfied with where you are? Right? Okay. I'm going to take you to a couple of texts. All right? I want to take you to, to uh, Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to go first. Okay. Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Okay. Listen to what he said. We're going to start in verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, he's talking about them being concerned about him financially and needing stuff. That's what he's talking about. Verse 11. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me, gives me strength. Okay? What did, Paul, what did Paul figure out? No matter what the situation, I'm content. I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be healthy no matter what the situation. Contentment is a choice. Huh? That's Contentment's right. a choice. Paul said contentment is a choice. I choose to be satisfied with where I am. Right? Yes. Well, it says learn. I've learned. Which means it doesn't just fall down out of the style. Yeah. yeah. you got to work. But there are people that learn it and don't apply it. And don't apply it. So you take your tech and your tech and you say, well, it's a it's a choice. But it's I can, I can choose not to listen to what I've learned. Right? Would you say that's true? Yep. All right. But you can say, well, this is an apostle. He's got revelation from God. Everything's going well. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. No, chapter 11. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 23. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth for the second time. Writing a second letter. In this second letter, he is defending himself. 
because there's people that come in and said he's not really an apostle he not really doesn't have any credibility and so this whole letter he's really defending himself in every chapter pretty much now listen to what he said verse 23 are they servants of christ i am out of my mind talk like this i am more i have worked much harder been in prison more frequently been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again five times i received from the jews the 40 lashes minus one three times i was beaten with rods once i was pelted with stones three times i was shipwrecked I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false teachers, false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is letting this in? And I do not inwardly burn. Why? Because he had learned how to be content in whatever situation he found himself. If he's floating on an ocean, out in the ocean for a day and a half, you know what he said? I am content. God has got me where he wants me to be and where he needs me to be. Now, how difficult do you think that is, has been for you to learn that in your life? And why has it been so difficult? Why do you think? Tell me, why? You know, how is it that we learn? It's learned behavior and we choose. How do, how do we put those two together? That I learn to be content and I choose to do it. Yes, ma'am. It's a trust issue. Huh? Trust. Trust? Because if you trust God, okay. no matter what happens, okay. All right. Now remember, he's talking in a context of financial situation in this text because these teachers are doing what they're doing because they think it's a means to financial gain. And he said, and, and he writes here, he said, he writes to this preacher and he says, man, he said, but godliness with contentment is a great gain. It's awesome to have godliness and be content with that. Okay? We're going to look at some more. There's more here. I just wanted you to get a, to wrap your mind around how uncontented that we are most of the time. That we are so worried about stuff that we shouldn't be worried about. If we're going to have godliness with contentment, how, how is that godliness going to raise its head up, and what is it going to look like? What's it going to look like? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Don't lose that thought because we are going to get to that maybe next week. All right, but that but you're absolutely right. He has learned he's seen a picture that many times we can't see Or we won't let ourselves see what's the big picture here? I think it gets more clear as you, as you get older and you get closer to the end of this picture I think it gets clearer, but as you're younger and still raising children and still have you know things You know, it's gonna go on forever. It's not it will not go on forever at some point You're gonna be held accountable at some point and so we learn how to be content where we are. And I think it is. It's a trust issue. It's a lack of faith in some in sometimes in our lives. That we don't believe that God really will do what he says he's going to do. How many of you have gotten to that point? I've gotten there. Then I'm not really sure. God needs my help. I've never seen a time when God needed any of our help. Did you? Get out of the way, maybe, yeah. but not helping. Why does he need my help? Because he knows better what he's doing than I than I do. You know, he knows. He knows what he, what he knows all the ins and outs of everything that's going on. 
and what he needs to do, and I don't. You know, and he and he said, he says that that uh, you know that this I think I think this type of contentment comes from godliness. I think the more godly we become, the more content we become. Part of that too comes with what I think of as experiencing. Experiencing it, okay. When you're in financial bind and you just okay, God help us with okay. this, and lo and behold, mm -hmm. all of a sudden some money comes in. Okay. I know that came from God. Yeah. Experience with Him, seeing Him work in those situations, Hold on, and but, that trust grows. But because, but but that thought in mind. There are preachers out there that say, oh, it, by the way, if you give me this, I promise you this is coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just watched it the other day. I watched this guy get online. He was online, and he said, if you send me X amount of dollars, I promise you within the next three or four days, you're going to see a windfall of this much money. Really? I'm not stupid enough to try this. He's Go ahead, Mary. What are we going to say? I'm just, I'm just thinking on what she says about love. Uh huh. Sometimes we need to just sit back and watch God work. Yeah, yeah. We Larry said well, sometimes we need to just sit back and let God work because we do get in the way, and sometimes and but sometimes we take that as an excuse for not doing anything, and I don't think that's good. That's healthy either. Let let it what we go say. Well, that's why I think the trust is going to be because we trust ourselves. We mm -hmm. want to be in control. Yeah. But if we give that trust over to God, and realize that just I think what we learn, though, is what Nancy said. This is contentment is learned behavior. Is what we learn is, is that we think that we're all that we're in control. When you're when you're standing at the casket of a dead child, and it's your child, it's a, the trust kind of goes down the toilet. You know, you realize just how insignificant you are in the grand scheme of things. You really do. Yes, Robert. I think it's. Uh... As your faith grows, mm -hmm. you learn to trust God more, so you tend to care less about what God thinks. I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think the. I think the more mature we get spiritually, the less we're concerned about things. And we're going to look at some of those as we go on with this. But this next one is what Amy was talking about. Look at what he says in verse seven. He said, "For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it." You know, here's a here's an absolute fact. Okay, you know. Wealth will not last. It will not last. I want when you die, how much of what you have will you leave? Everything. You're gonna leave it all. You're gonna leave it to the tax guy. You're gonna leave it to this guy. You're gonna leave it to these children who are gonna fight over it. You're gonna leave it to, to so you're not taking it with you. Right? So how important is it gonna be? You know, you I keep going back, go back to the story of the rich man Lazarus. Remember the rich man? He had everything he wanted. Dressed in purple, which means he was a sign of, of him having great wealth. And Lazarus, who didn't have anything. The dogs licked his swords. He longed to eat what was falling off the rich man's table. And they both died. How much of what the rich man had did he take with him? None. What did he want when it finally came down to it at the end of that text? What does he want? Water. I want to dip, I want to dip, dip his finger and cook. How much, how, how much relief is that going to give? Well, I'm not there, so I, maybe a lot. But what else? What's the next thing he wants? Some send somebody to my brothers. Who got all his stuff? Probably his brothers. Probably his family got his stuff. 
Or maybe they had stuff too. And what does he know? I didn't bring I didn't bring a water truck with me. I didn't bring a canteen. Nothing. I had all those things at home. Larry, when you when you we went hunting, we went to Savannah one time. You know, we took all this stuff. We took four or five trucks, got all this stuff. We're going bow hunting, right? Y'all Man, oh we man, it was it was neat, man. You know what was neat about it? The one thing I remember is that we stopped right outside of Hondo and had a worship service. And it was about eight of us. And we had a worship service right there on the side of the road of the park. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that as long as I live. The 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 you know, that was godliness. You know, yeah, we took a bunch of stuff, you know. When we die, we won't take any of it with us. I can't I can't pull a bow anymore. You know, too old to pull a bow, you know. I may want to take a water canteen with me, but, you know, that ain't going to last no time. Even if you're buried with it, guess what? You're still not taking it with you. Yeah, yeah. It's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do that. That's a lot of people put stuff in, in a casket with people. Why do they, why they do that? You ever done that? You ever done that? It's not going with huh? you. Huh? You ever done that? We did that. Yeah, we did. And that's not for the person in the casket. That's for you. Yes. You know, we put a whole bunch of stuff in Cliff's casket. There was all kinds of stuff in there. You know, there's a black belt in there. You know, his, his karate black belt's in there. You know, we you know, a can of shoestring potatoes. He loves shoestring. Put a can of those in there. You know, yeah. What was he going to do? Take them on the journey? Yeah. yeah. That was for us. Yes, Larry? You know, you've heard the joke about the guy, rich man that put a, all his cash in the casket. Huh? I've not heard that before. <laughs> that was smart. <laughs> the story was Larry was saying, and I have to repeat it because online that a, a, a man put had all his cash put in his casket with him, and before they buried him, the right wife wrote him a check and took all the cash. <laughs> it's you know. I, I, I want to take you to it. I want to take you to a text uh, in Job chapter one. All right, and this, and then we'll stop here and pick this up because I got two. I got two more after this one, uh, and I want you to look at Job chapter one. Now, this this story here. If you don't know this story, Job has just found out. Job is a righteous man. Satan has been going around. And and God said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And and God and Satan tells tells God, "Now nah, you got your hands." Like, said, "Fine, you can take his stuff, but you can't hurt him." In this chapter, you can't hurt him. Can't take his life. So so what he does is everything he has is gone. His children all die at one time. Hell, his stuff is gone. His crops are wiped out. And this is what he says at the end of the chapter. This is what he said, verse twenty. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship, in worship, and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. In everything that happened to him, who, what did he say? I know God's in charge. When you learn how to, that God is in charge in everything, you'll start to learn how to be content. We'll talk about this some more next week, guys.
I don't know why you're there. I sound like a kid. That's exactly what I'm Yeah, yeah. 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 